0: Let's start with Uber and Lyft and AB5. This is definitely the longest story, a lot of context I need to give before we get into our commentary. But Tyler, feel free to interrupt me and chime in if you have any thoughts as I break this down. Let's do it. So, let's do it. So, uh, much like uh, I guess was expected, Uber has had a pretty rough go during the pandemic. Uh, You know, uh, especially at the beginning when we were pretty unclear how COVID spreads, where it spreads. You know, the last thing you want to do is jump into a car that, uh, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of other people have used in the last day or so. Uh, that sounds like it could be, you know, a recipe for COVID disaster, right? So, of course, these rideshare companies are going to struggle. Uber reported a loss of $1.78 billion in the last three months alone, which is, you know, bleeding cash. However, they've been bleeding cash regardless. Their net loss in 2019 was uh, negative $8.5 right? or I guess you could say their net loss was $8.5 billion. If their net loss was negative, then wouldn't that cancel out? <laughs> is that double negative? Is that, is that math we're doing here? No, no sir. <laughs> no, no let's, sir. Let's cut that at the, at the roots, man. All right. So, yes, their net loss was $8.5 billion in 2019. This has obviously only been amplified by COVID. Now, on top of all this, they're facing a second reckoning, one that has been looming over them in California specifically for almost a year now. Uh, And what that reckoning is, is AB5, Assembly Bill 5, which was codified in January but signed in September and aims to equitably classify workers in California as independent contractors or employees, mostly trying to reclassify uh uh workers as employees in an effort to avoid the skirting of benefits pay and fair labor by gig economy companies for gig workers if you want a full rundown of uh, assembly bill 5 and its potential effects on the gig economy on rideshare workers specifically, you should head to Ratified. I did a full episode on this. It was actually episode number one for the show. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just look up Ratified or Ratified Market Scale, and you'll see it there. Episode one, full breakdown. Really uh, interesting stuff that'll give you more context than what we can provide on the program today. But uh, to continue the context here, in May, three California cities filed a lawsuit against the companies Uber and Lyft, claiming that both of them were violating the new rules of AB5, which uh, were aiming to reclassify their drivers as employees. So that was in May. And the reason why we're talking about this is that this week, a judge ruled uh, against an injunction that Uber and Lyft must comply with AB5, which would guarantee benefits for drivers like overtime, paid sick leave and uh, expense reimbursements. We'll get into a little bit more about the actual effects of this ruling, but I'll give even more context here so y'all are completely educated. Uber and Lyft argued that drivers are not a fundamental part of the business because they are a multi-sided platform with many services acting more as an intermediary between contractors and clients and not as a service provider. Basically saying, we are like eBay we are a platform we provide a space for independent contractors to sell their service and then our platform also connects them to willing buyers but we uber do not provide the cars do not provide anything so we're not actually providing this service we're just kind of the middleman so you know we shouldn't have to comply with this that was their argument and the reason why they gave that argument is because uh uh basically to, uh, to meet the new employee standards under AB5, uh, independent contractors have to be an essential part of the business. So if they are an essential part of the business, AB5 says, sorry, you're going to have to classify them as employees. You can no longer get away with classifying them as independent contractors. Hmm. And so... In response to that, Uber and Lyft said, well, you know, they're not essential. They're, they're not part of the business because our business model is not rideshare. It is uh, basically like e-commerce to some degree, right? Um, huh. Lyft spokesperson Julie Wood said the following. She said, quote, drivers do not want to be employees. Full stop. We will immediately appeal this ruling and continue to fight for their independence. Ultimately, we believe this issue will be decided by California voters and that they will side with the drivers. And an Uber economist, Allison Stein, conducted an uh, analysis that claims that Uber prices will need to increase anywhere from 25% to 111% to account for new costs of providing benefits to drivers. And San Francisco's Superior Court Judge Ethan Schulman, who ruled on the case, obviously disagrees. He said, quote, to state the obvious, drivers are central, not tangential, to Uber and Lyft's entire ride hailing business. So that's all the context to set us up for some thoughts. Tyler, any initial commentary from uh, you know what Uber's economist said, what the uh, Lyft spokesperson said, how they argued against uh, the lawsuit, the result, the ruling, anything? Chime in, I've got my thoughts as well that I'll guide us through, but wanna hear what you think.
1: It- it feels fairly impossible to me to make an argument that, that drivers are not an essential part of what Uber and Lyft are doing, right? Like that they're extremely central to their operations, right? Everything that Uber and Lyft does depends on having these drivers, whether it's taking, you know, delivering food, delivering anything else, uh, you know, giving rides and things like that. I, I just can't wrap my mind around an idea that they're not essential to their business model.
0: Yeah, and that is what uh, some of the folks on that ratified episode argued, and it makes sense, uh, you know, that basically no one in the industry, and they were saying, not really even Uber and Lyft believe what they're saying here, <laughs> you know, that it's just kind of like, well, this That's is telling. the best, this is the best way to buy time as they figure out what the hell are we gonna do? They just say, "Nap, you're lying. We're, this is not how our company runs. What, who are you kidding? What? no, we don't provide rides. We're an e-commerce platform. Um, you know, it, basically folks are saying like, no one believes this, like no one's buying it, but it is a legal argument that has to go through the processes and clearly has bought months of time for these companies as they continue to appeal and funnel resources into this so at the very least like it it's just a waste of time for them but i think the real reason why uh, they will continue to appeal this Is I mean, A, I guess they're going to hope that some judge eventually sides with them. I doubt they will, especially in California. And I'm not saying, like, California is really the, like, the lib haven everyone says it is. But at least comparatively, you will probably have some elected officials that will be uh, more willing to side with labor over Uber. Uh, That's just, you know... Anecdotal and tangential, but but I think it's important to just set the stage there. What I really think is motivating some of these um, uh, some of these actions by Uber and Lyft, especially continuing to appeal this, is to buy time for a different public campaign. What I think is actually going to f- and you know actually before I get into this, I, I think I just need to say I don't think that this ruling is actually going to change much for the uh, the landscape of AB5 and for uh, actually reclassifying any workers under Uber and Lyft as employees versus independent contractors. Uh, the reason why is because, well, we see Uber and Lyft are going to continue to appeal this, and they're not just going to sit by idly and let this happen uh, until they are, are forced to uh, change. Now, what I think is really going to define the future of Uber and Lyft and whether or not their drivers are workers or independent contractors is actually Proposition 22, which is a ballot initiative that has $110 million behind it from DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, Instacart, Postmates... Uh, it's called the app-based drivers as contractors and labor policies initiative and this is on the ballot in California on November 3rd on Election Day and what this is trying to do is put the future of AB5 in the hands of the voters so what that allows is you know this is already gonna happen it's definitely on the ballot and the people are gonna vote on it and so This allows for a heavy PR campaign around why AB5 is garbage and why voters should vote against it. And the main argument that I think they're going to push for is how it's going to impact them as individual consumers. Mm -hmm. COVID has revealed a lot about our psyche as a country. We are, you know, uh, rugged individualism to the end right? For better or for worse. Right. And I think that translates a lot to how people view themselves in the economy. Things work for me. The economy works for me. Services are for me. Me, me, me. I'm the consumer. How are things going to be better for me? And if my world is disrupted, that's a problem for me, the consumer, right? Very individual. Sure. So, uh, i think that the argument we see from uber economist Allison stein right where you know okay an uber analysis is obviously uh, in my opinion going to uh come to a conclusion that benefits uber that i don't think that's a conspiracy theory i think that's just being realistic however even uh with the analysis i do think that it would be realistic to see some prices go up if um ...if Uber has to take on costs of supporting benefits for their drivers. I think it is a uh, reasonable cost, but nonetheless, I do think there will be one. However, 25% to 111%, I can't really say, feels a little high. However, those numbers... Are scary, right? If you are someone that uses Uber, uses Lyft, and you hear, well, if you vote yes on this, you're going to have to pay 111% more for your uh, you know, Uber bill than you normally would. Are you really willing to pay for that? And at the end of the day, people uh, vote out of self-interest. And I don't think that is a bad thing. I think people should vote out of self-interest. But... Uh, I personally advocate for self-interest communally right self-interest as a collective not necessarily self-interest as me Daniel Litwin the one individual and what matters to me only Uh, because sometimes there are situations that require me to uh, you know branch out or to amend my perspective that hey even if I have to pay more for this I can foot that bill guess who would have an improved quality of life. You know, the drivers, the people that are working minimum wage, the people that can barely pay rent, like maybe they could use some benefits, maybe they could use a pay bump. So uh, that mentality, I think, is easy and, and by that mentality, I mean an individual voter mentality, I think is much easier to mold than the legal structures of trying to go through the California courts. That's why I think they're going to continue to appeal this while pushing Prop 2 really hard mm-hmm. and then hoping that their PR campaign around it is going to be strong enough to turn voters against AB5. So those are my thoughts on it. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have any other uh, factors that you think are motivating um, some of these uh, moving parts?
1: Okay, so one one thing I've been thinking about here is right off the top. You mentioned that um, that Uber, I think it was Uber specifically, was bleeding cash because their net loss in 2019 was eight and a
0: half billion dollars, right? Uh, y- yes. In, when uh, in in 2019 they lost eight point five billion dollars. And then in the last three months, they've lost one point seven eight billion dollars. So Billy's on billies.
1: Billy's on billies. So I guess my thought on that is that if they were already losing eight and a half billion dollars in twenty nineteen pre COVID and before AB five has gone into effect, then weren't price weren't prices going to have to go up at some point anyways? And so I think that this. To me, anyways, my my, I guess what I'm sitting here thinking about is, is is Uber using AB5 as a convenient um, enemy here, as the convenient bad guy in this case, to justify why prices have to be raised to their consumers, so that somebody else is bad, not Uber, because if if Uber were to not have a fall guy or not have a good excuse, other than hey, we're just losing a lot of money we have to raise prices and raise them, let's say, 100% or 75%, and all of a sudden prices were a lot more expensive, you're going to have angry consumers because, as you mentioned, people are individualistic and that affects them, and they're not going to be happy about that. But if you have a scapegoat, which in this case would be AB5, saying, oh, look, like these, these court rulings are making us treat our drivers like actual employees, um, and this is how this is affecting you, then there's something else for people to be mad at opposed, as opposed to just being angry at Uber, who was already losing money and was going to have to raise prices at some
0: point anyways, right? Yeah, that's uh that is a fair analysis, I think. Um, and I, I think, uh, to your point, the fact that they were already losing billions on billions shows that whatever business model they had was not about turning a profit. Mm. It was about cementing themselves as a powerhouse for transportation, redefining The rules of transportation and then hoping that the disruption would be strong enough that they would eventually be, you know, so big that they can't fail running basically a loss operation, much like Amazon runs its retail marketplace at a loss, really just trying to undercut and kill off the competition while making all their money off of like cloud services and stuff. Right. Uber actually saw huge revenue boosts from Uber Eats during uh, the pandemic and got more revenue from their Uber Eats operations than they did from their rideshare operations, which I I think, like, logically makes sense. But before COVID, people would have said, like, ha no, like, that's never going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I think there are many different paths forward for Uber, for Lyft, and for rideshare uh, if they want to survive. But what I think we're seeing is that, their business model was never really surviving in the first place. Like they've been on the precipice of death forever. And what keeps them chugging is their power in the marketplace, not like their actual success or profitability as a company. So if the straw that breaks the camel's back is we demand that you pay and provide more benefits to your drivers, then it's kind of like, did Uber? uh, deserve to exist in the first place. You know, like, is it, is it meant to survive if it can't even pay out for its drivers, for the people that keep the business running? Right. I would imagine that, you know, it would basically just reveal that this is not a sustainable business model to just try to, uh, you know, undercut transit for cities across the United States uh, make it a service that is so cheap for consumers that they build it into their daily habits, um, you know, make it feel like an indispensable service, and then when the easy target of, oh, you know, we're gonna have to pay workers more, well, sorry consumers, your prices are gonna have to go up, then they can, yeah, maybe start to uh, to raise prices, Maybe that starts to uh, incur more profitability for them, but it's under the guise of uh, skirting labor law, which in the long run, I think helps businesses like Uber because the last thing you want to do is have like a driver's union, right? As right. Uber, like that, you do not want that. Uh, the fact that they don't want that, I think, is um, bad news. Like, I personally am all about, uh, you know, rights for workers sure. and, and worker compensation and, and uh, power in the workplace. But it makes sense why Uber would not want that, uh, especially not in the form of AB5, and then whatever might come afterwards if, uh, if popularity around AB5 snowballs. So that's why I think all of this is really just to buy time for Prop 22, and if that fails, then I think Uber still wins to some degree because they can pass off the costs to the consumer, and um, if they tank, then okay, yeah, they lose, but I think it reveals that Uber didn't have a solid foundation in the first place, and if Uber succeeds, it shows that consumers really were willing to pay more, and that at the end of the day, uh, all of the AB5 concerns, at least regarding how rideshare gig companies treated their workers uh, did have, you know, solid ground to stand on and that this is what needed to be done to protect workers and to, uh, you know, make life a little better for gig workers. So that's my breakdown of this. Uh, any any final thoughts, Tyler?
1: Uh, I don't have any final thoughts, but I'm looking forward to, I'm assuming that at some point in the future, you'll have a ratified follow up on on all of this and, uh, and get to go more in depth on it. And I, I would be excited to hear that.
0: You better believe it, Chief. Yes. Uh, We actually just released an episode of Ratified on College Board and the 2020 AP tests. I encourage you to go check that out. But I think my next episode I'm working on is an AB5 follow-up for Ratified. So I'm going to more deeply unpack this development, dig in a little deeper into Prop 22 and some of the PR campaign around how they're trying to push back against AB5. But also, I want to get the perspective of other gig workers in California, because since I've released that episode, I've gotten some commentary from, uh, independent, uh, Uh, videographers, um, writers, Mm -hmm. uh, creative uh, professionals, uh, independent musicians, right, that their whole life has been independent contracting, that AB5 actually shakes up their industry in a way that they say uh, really harms their ability to make a living off of what they used to do so I'm really interested in unpacking their thoughts on that trying to find an intersection between you know is there a world where they would support more workers rights where they would want something like unionization or they would want something like uh, benefits or something provided by the companies they work for even if they're not necessarily employees do they not need any of that can they afford private health insurance and all of the sort of hoops that you have to go through when you don't have uh, benefits from an employer. That's all stuff that's really uh, churning in my brain. So if yeah. you're interested in any of those questions and also want answers, stay tuned over the next month or so. I'm probably going to be trying to compile some thoughts on that, and we'll hopefully release an episode or early September on that. So, yeah.
1: Very nice. Very nice.
0: Damn. Remember when Borat was like the thing <laughs> to quote?
1: I actually had a conversation
0: with some friends about that over the weekend. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It went when it came out. It was uh, I was still too young to quote it and mm-hmm. like uh, not be like, "How do you know that quote from yeah. my parents?" Yeah, right? not not get in trouble
1: for it. No, yeah, that 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 totally makes sense. But it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things that uh, that you think back on, and I I find myself doing this a lot lately, right? Where you look around, and you're like. I didn't know those were the good times, but those were the good times. Oh my gosh,
0: yeah. They were very nice. They were very nice. And uh, yeah, that and like Bane from the third uh, Batman movie oh, is yes. like every white dude's impression. It was just those two. Yep. They were just throwing out Borat and Bane. <laughs> There's like, oh my god, comedic geniuses out here. Dude. Oh my gosh. Funny. All right, that's enough on AB5 and, and Borat. We're gonna go ahead and move over to our second story for the day. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.